And I thought I was experiencing ultimate reality. I thought I was experiencing God. Now I realize that was totally a deceptive experience given to me by a satanic spirit that was involved in my life at that time. Pastor Mike Shreve, it's great to have you here on Charisma News. Now, we've asked you to come on here because there is a lot of um, occult practices, witchcraft, uh, new age things that are basically rising to the top of uh, culture during this time of year. And we want to be able to bring a Christian perspective, a spirit-filled Christian perspective, um, and to really shed some true light on these things. And you've got an amazing testimony of how, of how God has brought you out from uh, a new age uh, yoga, um, spiritist, mysticism type thing. And I actually kind of forget all the stuff that you've told me, but we're going to kind of dive into that here and let you do some uh, really pulling back the curtain on these practices that are uh, – made popular at this time of year. So Pastor Mike, thanks you for being here on Charisma News. Oh, it's my privilege always to be with you. I appreciate my covenant connection with Charisma and uh, our work together through, through the years. Yeah. And that's what we really want to do in this conversation is reveal the true light in a time of the year where darkness is celebrated. Pastor Mike, one of the things that has um, really intrigued me and it's kind of come up in the news uh, or on, definitely on viral um, uh, shorts and videos on, on the Internet right now is this this concept of astro projection. Um, I actually heard a pastor friend of mine tell a story of a witch doctor had astro projected into his uh, bedroom to cast some to cast some spells. And it's a it's a wild testimony there but he um unknowingly had allowed some some connections with with that witch doctor when he was on a mission trip and so um tell us a little bit about what astro projection is and what is the if that's the counterfeit what is the real uh i believe that i experienced astral projection when i was a yoga teacher at four universities i of course have come out of all of that and renounced all of that. But back in 1970, I was running a yoga ashram in Tampa, Florida. I was spending 12 to 14 hours a day in meditation and chanting mantras and doing things that were geared toward experiences of the supernatural, such as astral projection. And there were a couple of times I had the strong impression that I had actually left my body and was in a spiritual realm. And I, I have a, a graph in my book that I think illustrates what happened. I have a book called In Search of the True Light. I believe in three heavens. The, the first heaven I interpret to be the atmosphere around the earth and the universe, the, uh, the cosmos beyond the natural universe. Then the third heaven is the manifest presence of God, which Paul also referred to as paradise. But in between the two heavens, you have a second heaven that is never addressed in scripture. We don't really know what it is. And all religions promise some kind of experience of the supernatural. And I believe at times through various practices, through various rituals, through various um, meditative processes, etc., they penetrate the second heaven. Because they have experiences of a spiritual realm 
that I know now as a Christian is dominated by angelic and satanic activity. I personally do not believe Satan reigns in hell. There's no scripture that depicts him as a king in hell, uh, directing demons from hell up to the earth, as you see in many Christian plays, of course. But he is called the prince of the power of the air. Mm. However, we don't see him jumping from one cloud to another up in the air. So it must be a concentric realm or a spiritual realm that is just a little bit higher than our physical perception of the atmosphere, the air. And I, I interpret that to mean the second heaven, where there's conflicts between angels and uh, there's conflicts between demonic attacks and angelic uh, responses over regions, over individuals. And I believe when I had my experiences during meditation that possibly that's the explanation. Possibly I penetrated that realm, but there's it's inevitable if you try to move into the supernatural through seances, through spiritualism practices, through meditation practices, etc. You're going to be deceived because mm -hmm. that is a realm dominated by Satan and a cloud of demonic influence all around the world. So they are very adept at giving false experiences of the supernatural. One time I went into this brilliant, intense white light that felt like an, a force, just a force, an impersonal force. And I thought I was experiencing ultimate reality. I thought I was experiencing God. Now I realize that was totally a deceptive experience given to me by a satanic spirit that was involved in my life at that time. So um, I'm not saying people can have legitimate experiences, but they're inevitably going to have satanically inspired deceptive experiences mm. if they attempt to go a different way. Because Jesus said, I am the door. And by me, if any man enter in, he will be saved. And he also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. Amen. So if you attempt any other way, you're a thief and a robber. Well, I was not intentionally trying to steal something spiritually that was not rightfully mine. But whether it was intentional or not is irrelevant mm -hmm. because I was trying to encounter a realm that I had no spiritual or legal right to enter as uh, an unregenerated child of Adam. Yeah. But uh, the thing about it is when you're born again, instead of you penetrating, trying or attempting to penetrate the spiritual world, the third heaven and the God of the third heaven bridges that gap and comes down into your heart. And so all religions are man's effort to reach God, but Jesus is God's effort to reach man. Amen. And then you have a true experience of heaven on earth. In fact, the Bible said we become seated with Christ together in heavenly places. I hope that's a suitable explanation. Amen. Amen. It does. And there's, there's a, I've got a follow-up question for you. Um, and I think this one is going to really help people, especially this time of year, because there's a lot of things that look like fun, uh, in this Halloween season, uh, where there's ghouls and goblins and people were playing around and, uh, dabbling, I guess, with, uh, the occult and witchcraft and things like that. My question for you is about the deception. Okay. 
because there, there's a, we bought, the Bible talks about a great deception. And you said that while you were in this experience, um, you were deceived. Um, but that was like a, it was a demonic thing that looked good, that felt good at the time. But now that you're on the other side of that and you know who Jesus is and you've you've had redemption uh, and Jesus has become the Lord of your life, the savior of your, uh, you know, the, the savior of your life, the forgiver of your past and the leader of your future. Um, and now you can look at that and you say, I was deceived. There's a lot of people that are deceived right now, especially with these things. How can you? approach somebody and, and help them that they think that they're just having fun. They think that they're having a, a fun experience that feels good at the, at the moment. Um, how can you help them to get past the deception and know that this was, that's a demonic thing and we need to have the focus on the real? Well, actually one of the basic things I always try to establish when I'm talking to a new ager or a Hindu, uh, it revolves around the idea of truth. Is truth subjective or objective? The whole uh, generation we're a part of loves to come up with this supposed axiom, this uh, pithy, wise statement that you can have your truth and I can have my truth and we can both be right. Well, I believe that's both theologically and logically absurd mm -hmm. because uh, there's no way truth can just be personally developed or personally uh how can I say it, personally created, that hmm. you create your own truth. And one of the ways I address quite often to prove that is the difference in opinion between the nature of the solar system by Ptolemy in the second century or Copernicus about a thousand years later. Hmm. Ptolemy taught that the earth was the center and the sun revolved around the earth. Copernicus came along and said, no, the sun is the center and the earth revolves around the sun. If they were contemporaries, they never could have sat in the same room and discussed their beliefs. And Copernicus would not have said to Ptolemy, you can have your truth and I can have my truth and we can both be right. One is right at the expense of the other being wrong. And there's no other response mm -hmm. to that. Well, in like manner, Eastern religions and New Age spirituality teach that the, the presence of God or an essence of divinity is already within every human being. So to find God, you look within. On the opposite end of the pole, Christianity teaches that God is external. He is outside of the physical universe and outside of us. Our sins have separated us from God, Isaiah 59 verse 2 says. And so in order to come back into a relationship with God, he enters into us from without. Those two scenarios are so contradictory, there's no way they can both be true. Either God is already in me or God is outside of me and will enter into me, but both cannot be right. And I contend when I share with New Agers uh, about my experience that I found out when I invited the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart that the biblical approach was the correct approach. It worked. I had an experience of the true God for the first time in my life. And I uh, was convinced by that encounter that the biblical way is the right way. Mm. So whenever there's people that are, you know, dabbling with the occult practices and things like that, what what could we do if, you know, if friends and family are are playing around with this stuff? Other than just saying, no, don't do that. That's wrong. Um, you know, people aren't going to necessarily understand that. 
uh, how can we help people kind of come out of that? Well, there's a whole array of subjects that need to be addressed. Sure. And John, John, uh, I have a website, thetruelight.net. That's T-H-E-T-R-U-E-L-I-G-H-T, thetruelight.net. And I address many, many subjects, especially in the section on podcasts, uh, the archives of the podcast, and a section called Writings, where I have articles on subjects like, well, let me take one, for instance, chanting mantras. Chanting mantras is something people think is totally harmless and very helpful and brings peace of mind. And some people think it can cause manifestations of what you desire in your life. Uh, But I uh, do a teaching on uh, what chanting mantras really is and how Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, actually pinpointed that and said, use not vain repetitions like the heathen do, for Hmm. they believe that they'll be heard for their much speaking. Why did he warn against it when, when he was teaching the disciples how to effectively pray? Because... The idea of chanting mantras is based on the idea that God is an impersonal force on the highest level. And if that were true, then chanting a mantra would make sense because it's like a a computer code that you enter into Mm. your computer to bring forth the desired results. But God is not a machine and God is not a computer that you manipulate and control with the right incantation. If you were to try, if I was trying to communicate with you right now, and I repeated the same phrase a hundred times in a monotone voice, you would say, um, we can't use this interview. There's no relevance to what you're doing mm. and because you don't communicate with a fellow human being that way. There's a flow of conversation that involves a creative expression of words that uh, address certain ideas in a logical fashion. Well, if God is a person, we should approach him the same way. There should be a creative flow of praise and worship and petition to him that makes sense, not just a repetition of some monotonous sound to try and manipulate or control a power or a force into manifestation. Uh, Star Wars popularized the idea of God just being a force. Mm. And a lot of people who are into the occult believe that. They believe that God, uh, God is really subordinate to man, that it's a power of force that we are in control of and that we manipulate or control by certain uh, occult practices. And that's just absolutely an insult to him. That's why in Deuteronomy 18, God forbade uh, the involvement of his people in occult practices like contacting the dead, like witchcraft and so forth. Yeah. You know, Pastor Mike, I want to give people hope right now, too. And I, I want to I'm going to ask you to share your story of how you came out of um, out of that life and you met Jesus. Uh, and just the, the, the little bit of time that we have left for this segment, uh, I just want to like let you share the gospel through your testimony. Oh, I love sharing it. I never grow tired of sharing it, and I've been sharing it over 50 years. Uh, It was divinely orchestrated in a very remarkable way. I, as I mentioned, was teaching yoga at four universities and running a yoga ashram in Tampa, Florida, and had about 300 students who considered me their guru. And the word guru comes from two roots, gu and ru, that means out of darkness into light. 
But the problem was I wasn't in the light yet, so I couldn't lead anyone else there. And I had left college to study under an Indian guru myself, and then I became one of his subordinate teachers. And a friend of mine had left college at the same time for the same purpose, but studied under a different guru. And he writes me a letter with this very surprising announcement. He tells me that he walked in a church, heard an audible voice say, Jesus is the only way. And he was, quote unquote, born again, which was completely new to me. I'd never heard that terminology before, having been raised Catholic. And and so it intrigued me. And he talked about how uh, the Spirit of God had entered into him from without. And so that immediately grabbed my attention. I thought, that's a different approach altogether. So I pondered that letter that I received for days. Now, simultaneously, something else was happening. The Tampa Tribune newspaper had done a half-page article on me, which was a huge amount of advertisement for free Mm -hmm. in an area where Uh, I don't know, a couple of million people probably got that paper. So I thought for sure my classes were going to mushroom in attendance. Instead, God used that article to alert a spirit-filled prayer group in Tampa, Florida, to begin praying for me. And they cut the article out of the paper, pinned it to their prayer board, and assigned somebody to be fasting and praying for me every hour of every day. They had a 24-hour prayer chain. So I'm being soaked with intercession, in a sense, for almost a month. Now, I get this letter from Larry, and I'm already the object of intercessory prayer, and God just responded to that and used that letter to trigger a desire in my heart. So one day, I just dedicated the day to Jesus. And instead of doing any of my yoga practices, my normal asanas, which are physical exercises, or pranayama, which are breathing exercises, I decided I wasn't going to chant mantras. I wasn't going to meditate. All I was going to do was read the Bible and pray to Jesus all day long that if he was the truth, he would give me a sign. And that afternoon, I was hitchhiking to go teach a yoga class. And one of the members of the prayer group who just happened to be a former yoga student himself who had gone deeper than me into the experience was two miles away. And he was part of that prayer group praying for me. And he's walking into a laundromat with an armful of dirty clothes. And God speaks to his heart and says, get back in your van and start driving. I've got a job for you to do. That's all the instructions God gave him. So he got behind the wheel obediently and started driving and turned whenever he fell on impulse and saw me hitchhiking about two miles down the road and felt compelled to pick me up. He pulled over, and I'm still praying, John. I'm Mm -hmm. still saying, Jesus, if you're the answer, show me today. Give me a sign. I opened the door to the van and looked in, and my heart jumps because on the ceiling of the van is a picture of Jesus, and I Mm -hmm. knew this is my sign. And a few minutes later, he began witnessing to me, and within about a half hour, I was on my knees in the back of the van with him, praying, seeking God, asking Jesus for this experience of being born again. And the Catholics teach that it happens when a child is sprinkled at birth. That didn't happen to me. It happened when I consciously 
invited Jesus into my heart where I repented of my sins and claimed his blood, washing my soul clean from sin and told him I believe he had risen from the dead and that he was Lord in my life. That changed everything. I went back to my classes that week, told them that from that point forward, they were no longer going to be conducted, that I had become a follower of Jesus. They were quite shocked. Most of them became Christians also. And I shut down my ashram within a day or two. I just uh, backed out of my rental agreement and uh, shut it down and no longer functioned in that realm because I don't believe in, quote unquote, Christian yoga. I believe that's an oxymoron. You cannot blend the two worldviews. It's like trying to put the Ark of the Covenant in the same um, building as mm. Dagon, the mm. false god. You can't you can't mix two worldviews like that. Yeah. Wow. So you had a, a a tremendous tremendous testimony of God had his the hounds of heaven were after you for sure by that prayer and intercession group, uh, and the thing that that you thought was going to bring you um, fame and fortune as a yogi, which I'm, I'm sure like that's actually counterintuitive to what the, what the yogi practices. Um, but you were thinking that that was going to grow, but God actually used that as an opportunity for you to get saved and then uh, lead more people to Christ. And now you're a pastor and you've got these great podcasts, you've got books, um, that are really helping people get past the deception points in, in so many different ways, uh, because you've, you have a great uh, just perspective of how and and how to explain these things to people that let's face it, there's so many other religions and and strange beliefs out there that it's very it's very good to have somebody like yourself that can help Christians understand that in a safe way for somebody that has been studied. Um, and, uh, pastor Mike, we just thank you so much for being a part of the charisma family and being able to share with this. And I know, we're going to have another conversation, another point uh, to talk about your book, The Beliefs of the Catholic Church. Uh, you coming out of the Catholic Church is uh, is a big part of your testimony as well. But really, the the you have a love for the Catholics. And Very so much. we're going to talk about that in another conversation. But Pastor Mike, thank you so much for being here on Charisma News. May I mention one last thing? Yes, John. sir. Uh, I did not go into a lot of detail about my testimony, but I have a free book a free book available called The Highest Adventure, Encountering God. It's a mini book, about 64 pages, that's available on thetruelight.net. And it's there in 12 languages. In fact, it's in Spanish, Portuguese, Chinese, Japanese. And we've had thousands upon thousands of people worldwide download that book, The Highest Adventure, Encountering God. And I would really appreciate it if people came and took advantage of that free book and shared it with people who are searching through New Age spirituality. Absolutely. The link for that will be in the description of this video, and we'll put it up on the screen as well as we were talking about it. So Pastor Mike, thank you so much for being here with us today on Charisma News, and we look forward to our next conversation. Thank you very much, and God bless you, John.